Welcome to Pop Culture Elevator, where we can only go up until it's time to go down. I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. We're going to take you down the pop culture rabbit hole. Definitely an adventure. We will look at newer films as well as some older. We will take big blockbusters to the chopping block. And make you aware of the smaller indies and my favorite, B, C, and D films. Not just that, but we'll talk about the news, the what's going ons, and whatever in pop culture today. Now Now let's let's get get this show on the road. And if you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Gmail at popcultureelevator.com. That's right. And you can also find us at our Instagram, Pop Culture Elevator, as well as our Twitter, PCE Podcast. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. Before we get into the review, we'd like to tell you there will be spoilers. You've been warned. Right. So if you want to go watch the movie and come back to us, that would be great. Welcome, passengers, to another episode of Pop Culture Elevator. Good to see you guys again. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are on episode 16, and we're talking about uh, a new classic, Uncut Gems. Yes, an Adam Sandler film that uh, was uh, his big move to go for an Oscar, right? Right. I mean, it it is definitely one of the more serious uh, films that he's done. And he has a few. Of course, you got to go back to Punch Drunk Love if you're going to talk about yes. serious. Like, there's yeah. not really comp. There's it's like a dry comedy or a darker comedy for Punch Drunk Love, and I I don't even know if I would call it a comedy. There's comedic parts, uh-huh. but uh, Uncut Gems, man, I it oof, uh, comedy was very few and far between yeah it was more situational if anything and like uh just because this guy just has the worst luck so it's like uh not the worst luck he just is constantly making crazy decisions to to make a buck and he's you know always getting roughed up so it's like what's gonna happen next and uh but i would say that this is probably the most serious movie he's made um, because, you know, Punk Drunk, A Punch Drunk Love was, you know, a romance movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the end, it all, it's all, you know, everyone lives happily ever after type deal. And this one, you know, not so much. Right. It, so for the folks at home, uh, this is about a man named Howard Ratner. He has uh, debts mounting. I mean, he has debts from like all these different people. No Everywhere. one really serious except for this one guy named Arno who he owes. And so Who's he's his uh, brother-in-law. Brother-in-law? I was thinking somewhere in the family, I assumed brother-in-law. They didn't ever really exactly come out and say that it was brother-in-law, but we know that he was family. Well, I think he was, you know, they were at the dinner together and I could have sworn the dad said uh, uh was he goes by like Gooey and uh, the name Gooey, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's married to your sister type thing. But well, I'm said, not sure. Yeah. He said something, at least at least he's not married to your daughter. That's what he said. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Um, But so, you know, it's this guy who, I, I'm not even saying, you're right, he's not down on his luck. He's an idiot who makes yeah. uh, bad calls. And, uh, he, you know, so uh, he's got debts mounting, uh, angry collectors closing in. He's a fast-talking New York jeweler, and he risks everything in hope of staying afloat and alive. And really, he just wants his big break. Yeah, just like all now, of us, we're looking for that big break to get lucky. And he's constantly, like, seems to be scheming. So he's always, like, 
looking at everyone's situation and seeing how he can profit off of it and just like anything no plan ever goes just as planned so something goes wrong and then he's in like so he goes from like being in what like a lot of debt but not so much to going into more and more and more and it just keeps compounding and it's like oh my god man you gotta stop right you know and he just ugh, just never stops and it's that's i think for me that's one of the hardest parts of this film is watching him never stop like you're like oh my gosh okay he's finally gonna be able to pay them back and then he's like well let me take this money and bet with it or he's gonna be able to hit a big chunk like i think he if if i'm right or if i'm correct about this he owes um a hundred thousand dollars to arno i think Uh, something like that yeah it's a hundred thousand dollars it's really i say it's not a lot in the grand scheme of like all the money he makes and the way that he's able to pawn stuff off and do this that and the other he he could make a hundred thousand dollars pretty quickly but he's always looking to make more and uh so he's he's just not a smart man and he's not god if we're being honest he's not a likable character no in fact like everyone is just annoyed by him constantly and his wife comes out and says it just flat out and says you're the most annoying person i've ever met i if i had my way i wouldn't i wouldn't have to see you again right and it's oh man his wife she's really good in this movie you don't see her too much but that's uh Adina Menzel from uh, Frozen, and uh, she plays um, uh, Elsa, the the queen, the Frozen queen, the ice queen, and uh, she's also uh, she was Elphaba in uh, Wicked, uh, you know the the Wicked Witch. She was the Wicked Witch in the Broadway, like originally what made it popular, and uh, also. My favorite thing ever to happen with her name was when John Travolta came out to introduce her to sing uh, Let It Go uh, during the Oscars. He's like, the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazim. Where did he (laughs) get that name? Mark, I watched that clip ten times in a row till tears were down my cheek. Oh my god, dude, that was a while back. That was hilarious. I was living in Korea. I remember being... Uh, in my office uh, at the school that I was at and uh, watching that clip over and over my coworker next to me is like you're obsessed I was like this is gold there were so many videos too like did he have a mini stroke or something like that because you look at like the name that he says and you listen to the name that he says and then you read the caption on the marquee on the bottom of the screen and it was just completely different Adele Dazim (laughs) okay all right, dude. I love there was like word generators of how your name would sound uh-huh. if John Travolta tried to pronounce yeah. it. And stuff. <laughs> uh, I forget about that. So good. Anyway, um, and then of course uh, Howard Ratner, we said, is played by the brilliant Adam Sandler. Deserves uh, Oscar for this film. He really did. Unfortunately, didn't get it. I love that he said in a tweet, he was like, if I don't get an Oscar nomination for this, I'm going back to making crappy movies. And I just wanted to be like, <laughs> which which ones do you consider crappy? Because if we're talking Jack and Jill, I don't want it. If we're talking... Oh, God, no, please not that. Yeah. If we're talking grown-ups and you know other stuff like that, I can take it. But yeah. not Jack and Jill. Um, yeah. Uh, but he was kind so... of cheap, cheaper humor, right? Like, right, uh, yeah. yeah. But we do love Billy Madison and yes. um, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, Click, 
Uh, oh, Cliff is so good. Spanglish, uh, you know, Punch Drunk Love, like we said before. There's, there's, you know, you, you go mm-hmm. back to his catalog and, oh, Big Daddy and I even love Little Nicky. Oh, you know, dude, I just watched Little Nicky the other day. Did you? <laughs> yes. I yeah. think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take a mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good! It's funny. It was a funny movie. I, I really enjoyed Little Nicky. I enjoy all his films. Uh, maybe not like. I think Going Overboard was like that first film he did, and I don't really care for that. But uh, most most things that Adam Sandler does, I'm I'm happy to watch. He's he's really actually very talented. I was just a little young when his comedies were first coming out, so Happy Gilmore like almost missed me. I didn't really appreciate it until I was like seventeen, but mm-hmm. I had seen it a whole bunch. Like you know, family or cousins or whatever would have it on, and uh, or it would just be on Comedy Central or something like that. And, oh, uh, and so it would be one of those movies that was like forced upon me a little too early and but eventually when I was paying attention I was like oh, okay this is pretty funny you know yeah, I think Happy Gilmer was my first real introduction into Adam Sandler stuff other than like um, of course I got really into his album They're All Gonna Laugh At You yeah co- that uh, album I, I had playing non-stop <laughs> for a little while in, in maybe middle school or, or early high school I don't remember well, but I wore uh, that CD out for me, uh, the first uh, enjoyable uh, uh, experience I had with, uh, not Billy Madison, with Adam Sandler was Billy Madison. So, um, but before that, uh, when he was doing like skits, audio skits mm-hmm. and whatnot, uh, there was the cock and balls uh, skit and the sham baby. He's doing a whole bunch of roles, different. Oh, the, the older voices. stuff. Like yeah, even before old. they're all going to laugh at you. Yeah, was like, for yeah. me it was... Uh... It was stuff like they're all gonna laugh at you, and um, um, you got really hairy balls. <laughs> yeah, they, they had they had really he had really funny stuff back in the day. I felt like some of his SNL stuff, some of it, not all of it, was a little overrated. But again, I felt like I was kind of too young to get it, and right, then right. I was like just behind. So I like I like a couple of years later after things would come out. I would kind of, I'd get on that wave and I'd be like, yeah, this is good. I just wasn't mature enough to understand. Right, it but you time. also it's it's kind of like how for me in middle school there were people wearing Kurt Cobain buttons and stuff, and I had no clue huh? who Nirvana was or Kurt Cobain. I was still listening to '80s music in my mom's car, oh, no. Oh, no. you know. So <laughs> I was gonna tell. I was gonna say, oh man, don't let Danielle hear you say that, but she's gonna hear it no matter what. It's right. Well, recording. that was that was middle school, man. I I didn't really get my own musical style until. I was driving my own car, basically. Or no, right before that. I remember 14 years old, I bought my first uh, Limp Bizkit album. Oh, my God. And it, was, it wasn't the yeah. first Limp Bizkit. It was um, <clears throat> the one with Nookie on it. That, that was the first. No, the first one was $3 Bill Y'all. Oh, okay. You're talking about the one with the spray paint gangster on the yep. front? Yeah, okay. Yep. So that, uh, that album. And then from there, it was uh, I, I bought Kid Rock. I bought... Corn. I bought all the corn mm-hmm. albums, yep. and you did that with me at the same time because you and I were both like, "Oh, we got this one," and then well, I was like, "Well, I got this limited edition one," and you were yeah. like, "I want that one too." Yep. Yeah, we would go over to CD Warehouse where the uh, yeah. old Barnes and Nobles was, and all that. I think you and, and I rock paper scissored for that special edition one. Yeah, and MJ designed the one they had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were they were running out. Yeah, and uh, you know. So for me, it, it, 
that was just a, it was a different time. So I say that it really was. because it's like, yeah, you kind of sometimes miss those actors and then you come, you circle back to them or you circle back to the artists or whatever. Right. Like I didn't know, uh, Lunch Lady Land till later, you know? Oh, Lunch I love Lunch, Lunch Lady Land. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, the, uh, the Hanukkah song. Oh, yeah. Classic. Right. So, anyway, uh, moving on. We can move on from there. This movie is directed by a brother duo, Benny and Josh Safdie. And they've done a few movies beforehand, but the big one, the one that got their names out there, I believe, is called Good Times. And that stars uh, Robert Pattinson, and his brother goes to jail, and he's trying to find the way to get his brother out. He's trying to, uh, I believe, trying to find proof of his brother being innocent. And uh, it's supposed to be that same style of movie. Very hectic. It starts right off the bat. Like Uncut Gems, dude, I thought it would give me like 15 minutes of, of like, okay, we're going to set this up and get this. It goes uh-uh. literally two minutes into the movie. It... It, it has you in there, and it's multiple voices happening at the same time. Uh, you're listening to people yell at each other. It's fast-talking. Not fast-talking in the way of, like, again, like Gilmore Girls or West Wing or Newsroom, but fast-talking in the way of, like, this is a, a New York lifestyle. And everything's happening at once. And he's he's your, your, your typical jeweler-type character, uh, kind of a little skeevy, uh, trying to show off. Like, that's who he is. Like, when Kevin Garnett comes into the... Uh, Kevin Garnett comes into the shop, and it's mm-hmm. it's Kevin Garnett, played by Kevin Garnett, who's a basketball player. Right. Guys, I'm, I'm not a sports person, so... And, uh, and I'm just, neither am I. I, I try, but... Yeah, sorry. and so... <laughs> I'm just going to say, in the movie, he plays for the Celtics... I'm yeah. not sure if Kevin Garnett plays for the Celtics in real life. I'm guessing he does, or at one point in life he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, th- these aren't things that I, I just, sports don't catch me in the way that sports catch other people in my family or friends. Same. So, um, Kevin Garnett comes in, he wants to show off, he gets this package, and the package is uh, this black opal he got from Ethiopia, and it took 17 months for it to come in. And that's the uncut gem. That's the the, the gem that's been uncut. He believes it's worth 1,000 to 3,000 carats, and that the thing has enough carats to be worth over a million dollars. It's 1,000 to $3,000 per carat. And per carat, six, yes, sorry. 650 per carat. carats. Something uh, like that. So he... He believes it's like gonna be a million dollars to go, and he's got it on. He's got it slated for auction. Well, Kevin Garnett sees this and has this weird, magical, mystical moment with it, where he sees his his family in it, and he sees his culture, and he sees the future with it, and he's like, "I gotta have this gem." And and Adam Howard's like, "Nah, dude, I can't sell it to you. I just wanted to show it to you." And he's like. Why would you sell me something, or why would you show me something that you that can't sell me? I know. But it's like that does suck, just, though, right? He's it so does. But he's that guy who's just showing off to Kevin Garnett. It's a basketball player. Yeah. Um, and so they end up making a deal where uh, Kevin Garnett can keep the gem for the night, and his uh, not really a worker of his, but someone who works with him. He calls. He says he's an employee. Like you work for me, but he doesn't truly work for. Howard, and this is Damani. He's and more Damani's like a played, recruiter, you know, like he, yeah, he he's like a marketer, a marketing guy. Yeah. Right. 
he brings his friends in who got who's got money. So he's the one who brings Kevin Garnett in. He brings other pe- rappers in and other stuff. And Damani is played by Lakeith Stanfield. I have been watching Lakeith Stanfield's career for a little while now. Um, mm-hmm. He was yeah. he was in Atlanta with uh, he's in Atlanta with uh, Donald Glover, and he's just the weirdest, goofiest character, and I love him so much. <laughs> and I was like, who is this guy? I got to follow his career, and he ended up being. Uh, the character L in the Netflix Death Note, Death Note movie, and I uh-huh. love Death Note. So for me, I love Death Note, the manga and the anime. And for me, Death Note is like a the one Netflix is like a fan fiction, but I like it. It's fun, and I thought Lakeith Stanfield did a great job of playing this quirky L character. But um, and then he, he was, was also in uh, Get Out, right? So that's where I kind of noticed him and started following his career. He's the guy that's like already brainwashed and he's at the party and when the that's camera right. flash goes yep. off he freaks out yeah yep he's the one that tells him to get out exactly yeah yeah so we've got this character or we've got this actor who just plays a great great characters and uh he also i have to bring up sorry to bother you is fantastic i don't know if you've seen it it's just this really good movie uh and then he was also in knives out he was one of the investigators in knives out Right, so, right, and he was uh, he was uh, he was good supporting uh, uh, detective there yeah, with uh, Daniel Craig, right? Yeah, I wanted more of him, but uh, he was good. So Lakeith Stanfield plays Damani, and Damani basically says, "Hey, let Kevin Garnett borrow this," and uh, Kevin Garnett gives him his championship ring to hold on to, and says, "Damani will bring your gem back." Well, Kevin Garnett keeps the ring or keeps the the gem for longer and so that's becomes a big part of the movie is him trying to get the gem back from kevin garnett him trying to find damani who at this point is just kind of over howard's antics and then kevin garnett brings it back but then uh howard uh adam sandler's character forgets the ring that he Mm. had taken from him as collateral and then he is like nope sorry yeah he pawned it so we can go make another bet and then, uh, and on top of that, he flaunted the money he got for the ring to his bookie, who is Arno. Uh, and he's like, hey, I got your no, money. And then Arno's he not the immediate, bookie. or is he not? He's a guy he owes money to. Yeah. And, oh, excuse me. Bookie. He's not the bookie. He's just somebody he yeah. owes money to. You're right. And he's, so he's yeah. texting that guy like, hey, I got your money. But then immediately after sending that photo of the envelope of cash, walks into the bookie, excuse me, and then it places the bet. And it's just like, oh my gosh! So then, well, and he's being followed the whole time by yeah. two goons who work for Arno, uh-huh. uh, who who have been harassing him the whole movie. And obviously, before the movie started, they've been harassing him. And there, one of them's like a whatever guy, and the other one's kind of scary. Like the main goon is kind of scary. Bill. I looked up. Uh, I looked up his IMDb stuff, and he doesn't have anything else really. Yeah. Um, from my understanding, the Safdie brothers. Uh, use a lot of unknowns in their films. Mm. Uh, they're very like one of their very first films. They met a girl, and she was all on drugs, and she wanted to write a memoir. And instead of writing a memoir, she wrote a script. And so they made that movie into a script about her and put her into the movie. And then after she filmed the movie, they put her in um, rehab. And now she's an actual actress uh, doing stuff and a lot of indie stuff. Oh wow. So that's I thought that was pretty cool. We have a visitor, the the cat. Um, yeah, hello, Milton. So 
they uh, basically he's just getting <laughs> razzed the whole time. Uh, he's just in a bad place, and uh, I believe so. Um, God, where were we? Oh yeah, Kevin Garnett brings the the rock back, the uncut gem, the opal, and uh-huh. it's 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 almost too late at that point to get the the opal to the auctioneers. Right. So they have like no time to inspect the opal and he finds out that the opal's going in auction for a hundred thousand hundred and fifteen thousand to two hundred thousand. Right. And so he's mad because he's thinking he's gonna get a million bucks. Kevin Garnett's a little happy. Well he's annoyed because uh the whole time this thing was supposed to go to auction, but then Kevin Garnett wants to get a hold of it, which he does, kind of. But then um, Howard is trying to up the bids by having Gooey uh, bid against him, so Kevin Garnett will pay just a little bit more, ultimately, than what he had offered to pay in the store for it. Right, and, and Gooey... I want to bring up Gooey. Gooey's played by Judd Hirsch. Yes! And, and Judd Hirsch is... Independence Day, he was on Taxi for years, the television series. Right. Uh, he was in uh, The Goldbergs. He's in, um, just, he shows up in, in so many things. He's got another, like, 91 credits of movies that he's done. But he's one of those noticeable characters. Like, I remember seeing him in the show uh, Forever uh-huh. with, um, with the dude who played Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four films. Oh, and he right. just... He was in that show. He was in Damages. He was in Numbers. This dude's just been in so much. Uh, and he's a fantastic air- actor. And this poor guy's told, like, you know, he's like, okay, just get it up to 200000 I know that Kevin Garnett's going to pay 200000 for that gem. So just get it up there, and Kevin Garnett will do 200000 and then we'll stop it there. And, and unfortunately, uh, this stupid, Kevin he, he brought his... Kevin girlfriend? It was his financial advisor. Oh, is that who it was? Yeah, so she's just like, no, and he's, like, trying to tell her, relax, relax, and, like, come on, like, let me buy it, and... Uh, like at the last second, like right when he's about to make that last bid, he nods no, and it's just yeah. like, oh, you know. So man, it just you feel so bad. Now I, they never told us anything. They never told us where money comes from in this family. You could tell that Gooey's got some money because he yeah. gets in that car and has a he driver gets, and everything. Yeah, it's like a Rolls Royce or a Bentley or something. Yeah, and then you go to the you see their house and it's like this amazing penthouse in New York. And, you know, again, uh, Adam Sandler's character Howard can afford not only a really nice penthouse, but also can afford a, uh, a house in, in the hills, you know? Right. So it's like he's, he's able to do all this. You kind of wonder, is this family money or did he do really well for a little while and now he's not? You know, well, that kind of thing. He did do well. So, so they're talking about uh, they're in the when Kevin Garnett like first comes in. Um, he's the one that worked with a whole bunch of rappers and uh, hot, uh, hip-hop artists. And he's he's really famous because he created that blinged-out Furby on a chain. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so he's been a part of some, um, some crazes and whatnot. And so he has seen some success. So he is successful. But he's one of those people who just can't manage his money because he's constantly betting his money away. Right. Well, then... On top of that, we talked about how uh, Adina Menzel's uh, um, Adina Penzel's character Dinah 
is not really a lot in the movie. Like she's parts where she's showing like, oh, you suck. You know, I don't want to be with you type stuff. But yeah, the unhappy um, one. Yeah. But the reason is because and I guess we find this out kind of later in the film. The reason is because he's uh, Howard is cheating on her. And she blatantly knows that he's like, I'm seeing this Julia chick who works for him. And Julia is played by uh, Julia Fox. Mm-hmm. And she's, again, did a lot of indie stuff. I guess we just found out she's a playmate uh, before. And and so she's actually pretty good in this movie. Not like the best actress, but pretty good. Uh, but she, she does her part really well. And she kind of, she works for Howard in the way of like, she'll be in the sales part of his store. But she also does like deals. Like she tries to get famous people to buy these pieces, and right. so. Uh, and she kind of brings him in with her sexuality, and she's just kind of like she's a little flirting, and unfortunately, that's what gets her into trouble later. Yeah. So we we find out that she's working with the weekend, which is the band, you know, the singer, the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and everyone at this point knows who the weekend is, but the movie takes place when the weekend is still becoming a big name. So he's playing like this small club where people are actually like on the same level as him. Like he's not even on a stage. He's just there. And uh, so it's like that sort of thing. And, he, you know, he's singing a song or whatever. But he, he sees Julia with The weekend, and then they disappear and he tries to go find them. He gets in the VIP place and we see that Julia is kind of in this weird situation with The weekend, where like they're doing coke and he wants her. And she's kind of playing with it because she wants him she to wants buy to this, sell, yeah. this Michael Jackson cross. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson on the cross piece. Yeah. That earlier uh, Howard uh, pawned already. So Howard's got major problems if you haven't figured this out by now. Yeah. So, you know, he, he uh, tries to go beat up the weekend and the weekend basically knocks him on his butt. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's messed up after that. Uh, you know, get a good good hit to the, the nose or the eye or something like that. No, I, I, believe. I can't remember, because uh, for the, the altercation with The weekend, I could have sworn it was just a whole bunch, like, he yanks him out of the room with uh, Julia, and the security guards kind of put, like, keep him apart pretty well, then they drag him out is? of the club, but that uh, head... Uh, henchman of Arno's named Phil, that guy is constantly just beating him up. Like that's just, right. It's Phil just, who messes him up. Yeah. So it's so he's so irritable, but also with this extremely irritating character on his hands. So like he'll be just getting frustrated. And you can see him like just about to explode. And he, it, uh, the crazy thing is like yeah he breaks his nose or whatever but another like one of his go-to moves I guess was just just popping him right there in the Adam's apple and like oh, crushing yeah. his larynx a little bit and it's like dang man like that's insane that was, I, I love that scene where he pretends to call Kevin Garnett on the phone Arno takes the phone the, the phone from him to see if there's enemy yeah. on the other line and it's nothing and he throws the phone and then Phil just yeah. just larynx punches him or does like this karate move to his to his larynx and it's just this funny scene and Arno by the way we haven't talked about it's played by Eric uh, Bogassian and uh-huh. and he is one of the, another one of those actors like uh, like Judd Hirsch who who is gooey you see him in a lot of things but right. his main claim to fame right now he's in HBO's Secession uh, with by the way, with um, 
with Macaulay Culkin's little brother from Scott Pilgrim. My mind went totally Kieran blank Culkin. on this. Kieran Culkin, thank you. And then he was also on a good stretch of Law and Order Criminal Intent, which was a, a big thing, one of his big shows. So two big shows he's had. And he is just got all the characters in this are just schemy, like just skeevy, uh, gross, you know, like mob type characters that you see in the movies and stuff. They're just not good people. Like Arno, this is his family basically. And he's willing to basically rough up his sister-in-law's, uh, husband. Oh my God. What? Eric Bogosian, dude. I was like, where do I know him from? <laughs> and it's going to be really lame where I know him from. But it's it's a Steven Seagal movie, Under mm-hmm. Siege 2. He's Under Siege a villain. Two, yeah. Oh, yep. my God. <laughs> wow. Sorry to interrupt <laughs> you, but I just, no, it just yeah. light bulb. Right. And so he, he's good in this movie. He doesn't have a ton of speaking lines. That old scene where he's in the van and he's got Howard in the van and they're taking his clothes off. Like, yes. that's about as evil as you see Arno get. Right. And he's just, he's and he really tries to absolve himself from it because he really is annoying. But, you know, um, uh, Harold, uh, Harold, right? Howard. Howard. Howard, excuse me. Um, he's constantly like Arno, 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 like kind of manipulating his way out of the situation, trying to pull the heartstrings of Arno. And he's right. like, no, 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 don't Arno me right now. Don't say my name. Stop saying my don't name. Don't say my name, yeah. Yeah, because he knows if he keeps on that he'll be able to finagle his way out of the situation. But this time he's like, nope, all business. And and that's something that Howard's really good at is getting his, weaseling his way out of stuff. Right. Because he does, so, he tells people his little scheme. You know, he's like, "Look, this is what I'm doing." He tries to get out of it at first, but immediately is like, "All right, look, I admit it, and uh, this is what I'm doing. And if you just give me a little bit of time, your your money's coming to you. What I'm doing is to get you your money." So right, <laughs> and that and that plays into this ending, right? So he's told Julia to yeah. f off. He doesn't want anything to do with her. Get out of my apartment. Blah blah blah. He does try to get back with his wife, and that's when she's like, your face is ugly, I don't want to be with you, you're the most annoying person I know. Like, just some real soul-crushing stuff. That was a really and, funny scene, because his face did look really stupid. He's yeah. like, let me let my eyes tell you what I feel. <laughs> he is making the weirdest face. Well, this is like, this is Adam Sandler with bling in his ears. I think big teeth. Fake teeth, definitely. Glasses. He's got the the mustache and goatee combo. He's a tan. He's not he particularly looks... kept though either. No, not at all. And he's and he's greasy hair. Like he looks like yeah. that stereotype, you know. And yeah. Um. So anyway, the 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 whole thing comes to a head when he does get Kevin Garnett to buy the thing for. 10,000 less than he was originally going to give him. So 165,000 because he gave 10,000 to Damani. Yep. He's like I guess he's basically he said I don't trust you to give Damani the money. So right. I already gave Damani $10,000 and this is yours. Then the Arno and his and Phil and the other guy come in and they realize he has the money. And he basically gets Julia back. Julia's like, I love you. I want to be with you. I promise nothing happened with the Julia weekend. Julia never like, went anywhere, man. She was like, like, yeah, she didn't do anything. And then she was like, just waiting for him to right. kind of cool this, off. This movie would not pass, pass the Bechdel test. Every <laughs> woman talks about Howard. 
<laughs> the women do not have any conversations other than about Howard. Yeah. So that would not pass the Bechdel test. But Julia basically is like, I love you. I want to be with you. He's like, I love you too, Julia. Take this money. I want you to bet on Kevin Garnett again. I want you to do this exact bet. Go to this uh, this place to take the bets or whatever. I don't know where it was. But basically he's able to get her to take the case. And she gets on a helicopter. Takes the helicopter to this betting place. And bets on this. And everyone's talking about how this $165,000 bet, if it wins... Is like a million point two. Yeah. And so of course they Arno just wants his money. So he sends a couple of his goons. He accompanies to... them. No, no, Arno gets stuck with Phil and the other guy inside. Oh, excuse the... me. Uh, once he's already there. Yeah. Yeah. Gets stuck inside the middle of the like you have to buzz people in twice. Yeah, it's a security the, the... door. And the door has been broken, and so uh Howard uses that as a way to keep them in there and he turns on the game and he's like i promise you i'm gonna get your money and then some and uh the whole thing is like this tension filled like is julia gonna place the bet are they gonna stop the bet are they gonna find julia right this that and the other julia meets this really skeezy J- wayne newton type character who thinks he's gonna... <laughs> wayne newton yeah is gonna i believe his name is wayne in the movie so that's why that's i just so associated awesome. with wayne newton long hair <laughs> wayne newton uh, so, oh my god, it's right Wayne though, Newton. Right? right? <laughs> yes. It's yeah. not unusual to be loved by anyone. <laughs> yeah. I always think of him in his in uh in Mars Attacks. Oh, okay. I was, I was thinking of Vegas Vacation. Um I'm always yeah, thinking like when Eddie Because right. he's hitting on it. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, Wayne Newton's hitting on mom. Uh, so anyway, this Wayne Newton type character, and basically she sees the bad guys, goes to his penthouse under guys that she's gonna possibly hook up with him because that's what he wants. And uh, he's a really nice guy. He's actually not a bad guy. He's just they call, what do they say? Somebody's like he's like a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, basically the they win the winnings. Everyone's freaking out. She grabs, she has Wayne, the Wayne character, grab the money and bring it to her. She leaves. They let, he, what, uh, Howard lets Phil and Arno and the other guy out. And, and he's like, don't brag or anything because, you know, Howard's like freaking out. I told you, I told you, I told you. And Phil's just pissed off. Yeah. Like Phil just is so mad. He goes right up to, to, Howard and shoots him in the head. Yep. I mean that you saw the look in his eye. Like the moment you let me near you, uh, he's been waiting that whole game to just come out of that room and shoot him because I think that room that they were in uh, was, really was actually bulletproof, and because he was telling his um, his uh, he was telling Arno, uh, hey duck, you're like if he shoots you, you could you could get you could get hit and die basically, and so he's just waiting. To get out of that room to kill Howard. Right, and Arno doesn't want that. This is family still. Right, he, wants he to just still... wants his money. And at this point, he can get his money. He knows that there's uh, a million point two waiting. Like, he yeah. gets part of that. And, uh, you know, shoots shoots Howard. Arno resists. The Phil shoots Arno. And then they were like, let's make it look like a break-in. And they break a bunch of glass, take a bunch of stuff. You hear him talking about taking the tape out of the video security. recorder. Yeah. Security record or security cameras. And okay. So, end of movie Ooh. goes to black, 
uh, and intense. Then, what? Oh, go ahead. Oh well, it does the the zoom, the extreme zoom into his uh, into bullet his hole. bullet hole, and what's really cool that I really liked about it before he it zooms in and kind of shows his bloodstream just like it did in the intro, uh, mm-hmm. like it's an uncut gem. Uh, was you kind of with the pulsing of the blood out of the hole, you really see his last heartbeat. Yeah. And so he yeah. was he was still alive while you're zooming in and passing, and I was like, oh man, that was a really cool shot. But then it zooms in. And it really solidifies that Howard was also an uncut gem. You right. know, if you think about it, like, um, he wasn't like, you know, everybody else that's polished and has manners and uh, knows to manage money a little bit better or whatever. Uh, not that everyone's perfect, but maybe a little bit better than this guy. And uh, yeah. I just thought it was great symbolism. I wanted to feel bad for Harold the whole time, but I couldn't because everything he did was because... He was being selfish, trying to get more money. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not selfish because he also wanted to help out his family and he also wanted to help out Julia and, you know. Right, right. So this is a movie full of unlikable characters. There was no one that was really likable. Like no one you'd say, I really like maybe Gooey. Gooey yeah, was Gooey like was the most likable character in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, oh man. So very small I, I, part. So, Okay. Here's my thought process on this movie. The Safdie brothers have a really good directing style. They know how to make everything work and then put it to film and have that be perfect. Because to have multiple people talking through a scene but you're still focused on the one character who's supposed to be the the main focus is brilliance. And the phonetic... It's it's frenetic. The whole thing is, is moving all the time. There's no... You can't take a breath. Even when uh, Howard is in his apartment checking to see if Julia moved out, it was still frenetic. It was still a lot of pieces happening because you're thinking about, is something about to happen to the son going to the bathroom in the other guy's house? Like, they don't know the guy? And she left uh, the love music blaring for him to find the note to... Right, Madonna, I think, was playing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so everything's happening and everything happens for a reason. And the movie, if you have anxiety, it will make you feel that anxiety. Yeah. Uh, and so if a film, if, if a true film is supposed to make you feel, it's supposed to be an emotion that happens, then this did perfect. Yeah. Uh, perfection. Which I, be- which was... I believe it, that it is supposed to be like that. That's why I like horror movies right. so much. But popcorn films can be popcorn films, and that's okay. They can yeah. be films that make you just want to watch and turn your brain off. That's fine. But but films that make you feel something, they're supposed to... This is where my love for A24 is. It's like they pick these films, and this was A24. I didn't want to go off on a rant before, but I will now. This is A24. I've said my love for them so many times <laughs> on this podcast. I've said it to people. I'm part of an A24 film group on Facebook that I like talking to people on. I love A24. They pick great films. Films like The Witch. Films like Hereditary. Midsummer. Um, You know, all these... This Uncut Gems. They're all making you feel an emotion. Whether that be intense hatred, anxiety, uh, uneasiness, super scared, whatever it may be. They pick these films that, that... uh, emit an emotion and you it makes you feel like you need to feel that way or, or you do feel that way and that definitely brings you into the, this movie is anxiety 
and you're nervous the whole time. I was nervous for Howard. I was nervous every time he tried to do uh, a bet, every time he uh, was about to get beat up and he was able to get himself out of it, or was he going to get hurt more because of the stupid stuff he said? Um, Can I recommend this movie to the passengers? Yes and no. It depends on if you can take this type of film. It, It basically grabs you by the throat and it doesn't let you go until the very end of the film. And I've heard many people say they've gotten 25% into it and couldn't go, or 50% into it and couldn't finish. It is that type of movie that is going to make you feel a visceral feeling. So if you want to feel something like that, if you want to see this, this is one of those ones that the the trailer did not do justice Mm. for what type of film you're going to go to. Yeah. So I, I recommend it to that certain type of person. That's it. I can't say it's for everybody because it is not. Uh, I'd have to agree with you that it's not for everyone, but I would definitely recommend it to. <laughs> I would recommend it to everyone, but uh, you know, I don't think that it would be everyone's cup of tea. But uh, especially, you know, you know, Adam Sandler has really evolved over the years, and he's tried to branch out into this serious realm and whatnot. And I think he's done so well. It's just that people want comedy from Adam Sandler. You know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. uh, so if you're one of those people that's trying to look for another funny Adam Sandler movie, and uh, you're looking to shut your brain off with the Adam Sandler movie, this is not the movie to do that with. And if you're looking for something like Spanglish, this is not that movie. But if you were a fan of Punch Drunk Love, go for it. Yeah, um, possibly Punch Drunk Love fans. Right. So, um, yeah. I, so I would recommend it. I really liked it, and personally, I thought that he should have not only been nominated for an Oscar, but I think he should have won one. Definitely, uh, I agree. I, I, I loved it. So, um, I, but I agree with you. It, it, the re- the reason why I like this movie so much is because of the visceral, uh, e- emotive, uh, response that it got from me, and that I'm just like, oh, oh my God, what's going on? Because they really do. They make you cannonball right into that a pool of anxiety and hustle bustle of his schemes and then um when finally one pans out and then it's like oh you know just my luck type of theme and it's yep. just like he finally gets it and then some schmo comes along who's been annoyed with all this effort and pops him in the head and it's just right. like oh god man so you're you're left with this kind of um because you do start to, I I started to like Harold a bit. Just, well, rather more, I started to root for Harold. That and exactly. S- and so you're just like, oh my god, he got it! And especially you watch that bet culminate, because uh, it's a three way parlay, and it's just like, oh my god! And then it's just like all that for nothing. And really, like, um, so the whole reason why we're in this situation, Howard, Arno, they're never gonna get their money back. What's going to happen to Gooey? Gooey is uh, now in the hole for a hundred and some odd thousand dollars if he hasn't transferred it back to Gooey, if uh, Howard didn't transfer it back. I mean, there's just so much destruction, right? Yeah, exactly. He doesn't get around to the uh, important stuff like that. He's always like, yeah, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then he's, uh, you know, because he's a hundred steps behind, he doesn't get it done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, I think that we've said our piece, so let's... uh, Let's let's hear from our sponsor. All right. All right, passengers, here we are on to the birthday section. August 9th, we have the very lovely Anna Kendrick. 
took the words out of my mouth. Love uh, Annie Kendrick, and I uh, can't wait to see more of what she does. Yeah, I just uh, I'm I'm delighted. I loved her in uh, Pitch Perfect movies very much, and then I do want to see that new show on uh, HBO. I can't remember what it's called right now. Uh, Love Life. That one. Love Life. Thank you. Yeah, yep. I haven't seen it, but I also want to see it. I also want to watch that one on Quibi where she uh, talks to a um, sex doll, and it talks back to her. Oh yeah, and then. <laughs> uh, Simple favor. That was a really good one. I really oh, God, liked that. Was, I could praise the, the the. I love that movie. It's so good. Um, after Andrew Kendrick, we have Gillian and or Gillian, Gillian or Gillian Anderson. Gillian, right? Jill, Gillian. I can't remember how she pronounces it. <laughs> but we'll, let's say Gillian. Gillian Anderson, who of course was uh, Scully in Dana Scully in uh, X Files. Yes, and. and um... She was also in some recent thing uh, where I didn't get to watch it yet, but she's like a sex education person. Yeah, uh, sex ed. Sex ed. I think oh. it's just called Sex Education on Netflix. Okay. Uh, very, very funny first season. I didn't see the second one yet. Yeah. After, uh, after her, we have the brilliant Sam Elliott. Yes. Awesome. Mr. Guy. Mustache himself. Yeah. That thing is famous. And actually, I wasn't looking forward to watching The Ranch at all. But oh. I, I ran out of uh, that 70s show, and I was like, uh-huh. uh, I want to see if maybe this is a little bit more of that, which it was. And so I was like, okay, and he was actually actually really good in it, and I actually really enjoyed that. Uh, He's the best part of it, the ranch. He is. It reminded me a lot of like going hunting and just kind of hanging out with the, the guys uh-huh. and, and your dad. The ranch is good up until the season that Rooster leaves. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's pretty good all around. But yeah, I would agree. Once they, once he left, unfortunately, all that went down, and uh, they wrote him off or something. They, they killed him off. They had to write him. And, well, they, well, they wrote him off. They say he died. You never saw it. You never see a body. Yeah, he he goes off a cliff uh, on his motorcycle. I think they were just hoping. They were hoping that Danny Masterson was actually innocent, which we just found out not too long ago yeah. that he was not. So yeah. anyway. Uh, August 10th, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I, uh, Zorro, man, like, <laughs> uh, amazing. Well, or the mariachi. Yes, exactly. Uh, but, you know, whenever I think of Antonio Banderas, I think of uh, you and I's short film janitors. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, you look that's like a callback. Antonio back. Banderas. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also, uh, next up, August 11th, we have Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor. Thor. Man, and then also he was in uh, Cabin in the Woods. A yep. great movie. Love that movie. I'll talk about it every time. Uh, He's so good. That movie just is great. He really is. I uh, didn't realize how much I like Chris Hemsworth um, uh, until basically the third Ragnarok came out, th- third Thor right. movie. Well, I mean, Thor was fun in the Avengers films. Yeah, but I mean, like, his movies. But yeah. His movies, yeah. Well, there, there was only one. It's called Thor Ragnarok. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> uh, touche. Um, next up, we have Hulk Hogan, brother. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that says it right there. He was a great wrestler. Uh, I guess he still is, but, uh... Kind of, I guess. I don't know. I've not seen him wrestle since. I know that he was planning on making a comeback, but, of course, you have him, uh, in, uh, 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 Three Ninja, Three Ninjas yes! Part 3. Yes. Where he's, 
Yeah, he's the bad guy in three. Well, one of the bad guys in Three Ninjas, the henchman. Uh huh. But also, I also think of him breaking the the fourth wall while uh, in Gremlins Part Two. Oh yeah. The rebatch. Yeah. Um, after Hulk Hogan, we have Joe Rogan. I wanted to bring up Joe Rogan just because I I enjoy that guy. He's yeah. a little out there. Says a few things you're not always gonna agree with but yeah and i and i, and I do appreciate uh whether uh or not it's uh, true or not whatever you believe i do appreciate him staying on top of the ufo and the pentagon releasing that information thanks for that post <laughs> sure also you know a fellow podcaster exactly and then um, i had to bring up yes i had to bring up viola davis of course she is a brilliant actress i i loved her in the suicide or in suicide squad i'm excited for the Suicide Squad, where she's still gonna play Amanda Waller, right? And she's had some other great movies as well uh, that that I really like. I don't know why, right? I, it's it's escaping me right now, but I really do like her as well. Yes, uh, August twelfth, we have Casey Affleck, which we all know is Ben Affleck's little brother. He was uh, mm-hmm. God, uh, Goodwill uh, Hunting, went, Goodwill Hunting, but not a big part. And then no, just comedic relief, really. Uh, gosh, he was in A24's A Ghost Story. Nice. Um, he was in a movie with, uh, with, with Matt Damon where they played the same name. I can't remember. It was a, it was a film. That's not good one. No, it was Bulls by the director, Gus Van Zandt. Oh, okay. And basically they're wandering a desert they got lost in. It's a really screwed up film. Oh, I haven't seen that. I gotta check it out. It's all right. Anytime somebody Uh, says it's a screwed up movie, I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a little slow, but it's screwed up. Um, August 13th, we have Sebastian Stan, who played Bucky in the the Marvel films. Yes. Captain Uh, America's best friend. Yeah. And um, August 13th, or I'm sorry, August 14th, we have Mila Kunis. Yes. Yes. Mila Kunis is awesome. Again, that 70s show. Uh, and then, um, forgetting Sarah Marshall and Family Guy and, and Family Guy yeah. and I just I said Mila Kunis' name like that because of a thousand ways to die in the West. That's what he's. <laughs> that's what hello was in the Indian language. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, she shares a birthday with Steve Martin, who oh, you'll know from Roxanne, Shop Girl. Um, he plays the banjo and he. Hangs out with Martin Short a lot, and and uh, t- I think we went to the Modern Art Museum, and with the collection that we were seeing at that time was owned by Steve Martin. I believe you're right. Yeah, that dude is awesome. So thanks for that, Steve Martin. And then uh, August fifteenth, we have uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who became famous through the um, Hunger Games films. Uh huh. Went on to be Mystique. And- when, yep, Mystique. And she still does uh, a lot of acting. A lot more, she's trying to be serious. I find that she plays a, a mother character a lot lately. And, uh She's going down the road oh, yeah. of uh, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Maybe. She did um, She did that movie, uh, was it Red Sparrow? Yeah. Which she basically was the Black Widow po- uh, prequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Passengers, the uh, the space film with um, Chris right. Pratt, which everyone was like, is that rape? Is that rape culture? Did they just promote rape culture in that film? But it's romantic because they're in space. Uh, <laughs> just well, kidding. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I I agree. It was really weird. 
Yeah. And that's why and she then, was upset. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Deserved, uh, deservedly, yes. Yeah. And then, um, last but not least, Ben Affleck. Affleck. It, Casey Affleck's older brother is born or was uh, without whom he would not have a career. Three days later, yeah, without exactly. <laughs> ben Affleck, we love Batman. Um, Phantoms, he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Oh, yeah. uh, multi, you know, Goodwill Hunting and uh, Dogma, and you know, he was in clear. Uh, he was in reboot, Jane and- Bob reboot, and he was Jane Saul Strike Back and Chasing Amy and. And while we're on that subject, I have to say how cool it is that, uh, you know, after um, Kevin Smith's heart attack, that they were able to kind of come back together because a lot of people were kind of estranged from him a little bit, right, at that time. And well, it was, any uh, jokes Jennifer about Garner. it, he, he, he got them all back, he guilted them all back in yeah. his heart attack. Garner, uh, Jennifer Garner actually didn't like Kevin Smith. And so when they were married, uh, he didn't. He kind of sided with Jennifer, mm-hmm. I think. Anyway. The things so, we do uh, for happy, love. Happy birthday to our celebrities. Happy birthday. So there's a lot of uh, news coming out right now, and I'm kind of trying to pick and choose the stuff that's juicy for us. The biggest one right now, I think, is Mulan coming out on September 4th on Disney+. Plus. But not only on Disney+, Plus, but an added $30 to rent. Right. Like... Okay. It's a big movie. See, it's a huge movie. Everyone's excited is, about it that's seen the they're original trying, Mulan. They're trying to make their money back. They spent a lot on this film, and now they're not going to release it in theaters. It's $30, but it's on top of what you pay for Disney+. Plus. Right. So it's kind of like, you're like, ugh, could you make it $30 for people who don't have Disney+, Plus, and then like half off for the people who pay for Disney Plus. That's a great idea. I, I was just thinking, like, you know, if you're a single person, like an individual trying to go watch Mulan, this is not cool. But if you have a family, like a parent and two parents idea. and a baby, yeah, it's a great deal. But, right. um, yeah, I just think that, you know, also, but also if you're single and young, you might not have ever seen the original Mulan. You might not sure. care until it's free. So Well, this may, this may just... Uh, become one of those things where if it flops they just release it to disney plus for free and if it does well <laughs> we'll see this happen a lot we'll see them jack up the prices more that's kind of why i'm like i don't want to pay you this 30 dollars. but if they offer that half like 15 i would i would totally do that i might do it yeah or if you know if one of you passengers out there feels or, so uh so happy to put 30 dollars into our account and we'll <laughs> then We'll then rent it right out like there. That'd be great. Maybe we'll still rent it and watch it, but uh, yeah. Right now, if you want to, if you want to line the pockets a little bit, we're yeah, we'll be okay. We're with not that. stopping you. That's cool. for sure. Um, okay, <laughs> J- James Wan, who just recently did Aquaman, uh, is developing a Knight Rider film. That is correct, Danny. <laughs> That's great. Can if 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 uh, Mr. Feeney is still alive. He needs to voice Knight Rider. That would be awesome. Right? Like, he needs to come back and voice Knight Rider. Yes! Um, there's not a lot to talk about on this. I just thought that was a really fun it topic. It's that, cool. And and, and if, if uh, David Hasselhoff does not yeah. make a, a uh, cameo, at least... I'm going to flip. I, now, if they made David Hasselhoff be the voice of Knight Rider, I could mm. be okay with that, too. Kind yeah, of like cool. a cameo in that but way. But he has to anyway. have something to do with it. Right, just like exactly. Baywatch, he came back for Baywatch. It was a nice, funny, yep. comedic uh, snippet, but you know, whatever. 
Right. Uh, John Wick 4 and 5 are filming back to back. Yeah! Uh, I love those John Wick films. I own all three of them. I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing 4 and 5. And if, those are just fun action films. And if at this point you haven't gotten over that the dog dies in the beginning of the first movie, I just feel sorry for you. I understand it, but just close your eyes for literally 15 seconds and you can watch the rest of this amazing series. Right, and Fani was pissed off at me that first time. Oh, she was like, why would Danielle you make me too. watch this? Yeah. yeah, but good movie. Um, another uh, Keanu Reeves film, Bill and Ted Face the Music is now coming out August 28th, so we are, we are what, 20 days closer. Well, right now, we are 20 days closer. Yes. It'll be a lot closer when you're listening to this. That's right. Uh, to see Bill and Ted Face the Music, I am for one. Super excited. Um, I'm guessing that we'll probably not see it in theaters, unfortunately. Um, but if, it, if they do re-release it into theaters, like right when theaters come back open, I will go see it in theaters as well. Same. But uh, And I don't I'll care. I'll be... wear my hazmat suit. Just open the theater, please. This is a film I'll pay $30 for if I had to. Yeah. So that's exciting. And then um, our last piece of news is that uh, Ryan Reynolds... On Twitter, talking about that he's going to be in the Justice League Snyder Cut <laughs> as Green Lantern. Um, uh, and I can't tell. I think a lot of people can't tell if he's serious or not, but he's made multiple claims to it, not just one. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe he's going to be in there as like a, a tease or something. Yeah, so for me, I think that he's kidding around, but I would enjoy it if he did pop up in there. But... If you watch all the, I think it was a post-scene credit where he goes and kills off that Green Lantern. It may be a joke, oh, but... Oh, Deadpool too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I could see Snyder being like, hey, Ryan Reynolds, do you want to have like a bit part in this? Yeah. And not even be Green Lantern. Just be Hal in the background walking around. Oh, that could be funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they do go to Ferris Air in the movie, so to have him... Like, walk in and be like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I'd buy that yeah. for a dollar. That's for sure. Sure. But, you know, you don't got to buy it because you got HBO Max. Oh, I was just making a RoboCop reference. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm but, sorry. Um, no, I paid a lot more for it. Oh, wait, no, no. Never mind. I use, uh, I use my own login because I'm an adult, actually. <laughs> I have AT&T Internet, so I get it for free. Oh, nice. Nice. Good spot there. Yeah, thanks. Maybe they want to sponsor us. Yeah, exactly. Please. Speaking of sponsors, let's hear from ours. Hey, Mark. Have you ever wanted to place a bet, but you can't find a reliable bookie? You know, I'm not much of a betting man, but to play devil's advocate, yeah. Awesome. Me too. Well, our new friends at Booker's Booking and Bets Bar are opening multiple locations on this earth. That sounds like fun. I'll place multiple bets on that place doing well. Yeah. And our listeners also get their first meal and drink free with at least two bets. Tell them Pop Culture Elevator sent you, and thanks, Quadruple B. Yay! Alright, passengers, we're to the elevator pitch, where I'm going to give Mark three random words from this word generator, and he's going to come up with the pitch to a movie. Here we go. Mark, let me get you your three words. Alright, this will be fun. Your three words are general... Ginger and ambiguous. General ginger and ambiguous. Yep. 
This is kind of hard. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a short. Okay. So this is basically about a general who goes to an Asian restaurant. And similarly to me in my own life, goes to try ginger for the first time and realizes that it has quite an ambiguous flavor, which I don't particularly care for, but maybe this guy likes it. And, uh, I don't know, let's just say he goes on to explore, uh, Asian culinary, an Asian culinary profession. This is the worst <laughs> idea I've ever had. <laughs> no, no, but you were going somewhere with it, and I really, you took me for a loop there. You pulled me for an M. Night Shyamalan-style twist, because I totally thought the general was going to be ginger-haired. Yeah, I, I was trying to avoid that. I was so like, that's, went, that's obvious. You went for ginger like you would get at a sushi restaurant. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm also not a fan of ginger. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's one of those things that it's, like, supposed to reset your palate, so I don't think... I don't know if you're supposed to like it, like, on its own. But, like, Fani will eat that. She'll take the ginger and yeah, eat it straight up. Yeah, she loves it. I remember right, when we went to that place, and I was just like, what? What are you doing? It's like, you can have mine. <laughs> yeah, just not a ginger fan. Just never have been. And, yeah. But, you know, we could say the same. Like, I like wasabi, but she doesn't, so. Well, whenever I eat ginger, I just feel like there's sandpaper inside of, uh, what's that wine? Uh, Zinfandel. Like, if you drop sandpaper inside of uh, red Zinfandel, and none of the texture, but you just, you like, maybe, like, made it into a semi-solid, and then that's what you would get. Some guy (laughs) out there, or some gal out there, one of their passengers is a uh, sommelier, sommelier, and they're sitting there screaming, What? Yeah. What? (laughs) How do you compare ginger to white Zinfandel? What? (laughs) They're freaking out over there. I'm talking about the cheap stuff that I marinate my chicken with or whatever. (laughs) How do you you pair... What kind of monster uh, pairs red wine with fish? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah. That's a good good pitch. Thanks, man. I feel like it's one of my weaker ones, but I appreciate it. No, it's fun. It was a fun one. I could see it as a short film. You could make it very artistic. Like, it could even be, like, super artsy-fartsy. Totally. Like you've got like soft piano music in the background and it's just this guy and he's just like, it's like food porn. He's like picking out the ginger and he's placing it in the right place and sticking it on his tongue. And you've got all these very tight shots of the ginger and the chopsticks and the tongue and the mm sound or whatever. And it's yeah. like very relaxing. It could be almost like ASMR. You could be like... <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. You're into it, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Love it. Love these elevator pitches. We Again, we keep saying it. 16 episodes in. This is 16 weeks in. Uh, we want you to be part of this. So please, let us know. Definitely. All right, fellow passengers. That concludes our episode for today and this week. We hope to see you back next week. And as always, I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. And in case we don't see you... Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.